You talking about football? Yeah, football, NFC North. Let's talk football. Welcome back, everybody. This is Headed North, an NFC North podcast, and I am your host, Detron. Yo, week two is in the books. All right, so we got three teams that are one and one, and there's one team that hasn't won a preseason game. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, which you probably don't, but if you do, you'll know I was taking some heat this past week for uh, saying that preseason games matter. I was getting all kinds of flack about it's just preseason. Why are you so worked up about preseason? Well, I'm worked up because I think preseason is important. You really get a chance to see who that second unit is. And I think there's some things being shown on these teams that are being addressed immediately. I mean, look at the quarterback situation in Detroit. They went and got Teddy two gloves because Sudfield ain't the guy. He ain't the one to do it. We don't know about Adrian Martinez and Hendon Hooker is on IR. So there's a lot that can be gleaned from preseason. So I want you guys to know that there's a reason why I'm doing these shows because I I just not do a show if I don't think it's important. But I definitely think that preseason football gives you some insight into what's happening with these teams and specifically that backup group who, I mean, if you look at the 49ers, that could become your first string group and who knows, you could end up looking at the quarterback that you thought was going to be the quarterback of your future is now third string and you're looking to trade him away, even though you traded a bunch of draft picks to get him. Okay, I'm going off on a tangent just a little bit. I'm going to bring it back. Let's talk about performance in week two preseason for the Detroit Lions. But before we get into our show for the day, let me tell you about our sponsor. Our sponsor is OffRackShop.com. OffRackShop.com has a selection of men and women's clothing, shoes, accessories, and more. So if you haven't already, visit our show notes or the description to get a 15% off code from our show to OffRackShop.com. Again, that's OffRackShop.com. Check them out and let them know Headed North Podcast sent you. Overall, it was a tough week in the North. Everybody took a loss, uh, including the Detroit Lions. Teddy Bridgewater's first game, and it wasn't all that exciting. Took a couple sacks, lost the ball once or twice. It sort of was to be expected for someone getting out there in his first action with a team, but it did not instill a whole lot of confidence, again, in that second uh, quarterback group behind Jared Goff. Sudfeld came in and didn't do much better. He did uh, throw his third pick. I'm telling you, man, if he don't chill out, he could be sealing his own fate again with a quarterback room that's not super deep he had a pretty good hold on that second spot but now with Teddy Bridgewater coming in you've got to assume that he's probably got the edge on becoming uh, the backup to Jared Goff at the moment so we did have Stephen Gilmore who early in the game gave up a big play uh, but came back and made it up by getting a tipped interception he is the brother of another NFL player and he was getting some love you know hopefully trying to make a, a spot on the team There is some question marks around who's going to stay and who's not going to be there uh, when you start talking about defensive backs for the Detroit Lions. What I will say is Coda looked good. If there's some room on the roster with Jameis Williams being out for those first six games, Coda could potentially be a solid play early in the season who may just see his role lessen as the season goes on. One of the things that I did want to point out about the game from this week is uh, not about the Detroit Lions. It's about the Jaguars. The Jaguars looked good. And again, this is their second unit, right? But they crushed the Lions in total yards. 
The Lions didn't crack 100 in the air, and they barely put up 35 yards on the ground. The time of possession was like 37 minutes to 22 minutes. The Jaguars really did smother the Detroit Lions, and for the majority of the game, it looked that way. Uh, It was hard for the Detroit Lions secondary to stop. Again, backup unit, but still, there were some holes in the middle of the field. There was a lot of post routes uh, that, that seemed to be wide open. I'll tell you what I take from that. The first unit has got to be better than this. Uh, and, and and again, improvements have been made. We assume that this, the first unit will definitely be better. Preseason week two did not look good for the Detroit Lions. So hopefully preseason week three, the last week of preseason, will give you a better picture of what the Lions will do. They're going to be playing the Panthers, who have several of their previous coaches and some previous players from their team. So this should be an interesting matchup between some folks who really do know each other. I think this Lions-Panthers game is going to be one definitely to watch out of games in the North. As far as who's going to be in this game, I don't foresee Jared Goff taking a snap. And if he does, it's going to be very, very few because he is clearly solidified as the first uh, string quarterback and that second string is still very much up for grabs. So I don't foresee him or Amon Ron St. Brown, or heck, even Gibbs getting too many spins in this game. I just don't see you risking it, you know, week three of preseason and potentially screwing up the beginning of what could be a very promising season for the Detroit Lions. All right, so off of the Lions train, we are jumping into a field with Bears, and I'll tell you, Peterman, the backup quarterback for Chicago, he actually looked pretty freaking good. I mean, again, They did lose, much like the rest of the division, but Peterman went 10 for 18, put up 115 yards, and he had this dope rollout to the right where he hit a fountain for a touchdown. That was like on the money. He put it right where it needed to be. Peterman definitely won me over with some of his play in the game this week. Honestly, Chicago looked like they probably would have won this game. They were headed in that direction. They were down just a touchdown. They were down four points, sorry, Uh, and they were working down with the ball, but unfortunately, they fumbled with about, I don't know, three, little over three minutes left in the game, gave that ball away, and from there, they just lost the momentum that they had that they were working on, because again, Chicago was putting together a drive that looked like they were going to go down, get a score, and take the lead, but you know, it is what it is. As far as like the, the complete game, it was fairly evenly matched. The Bears were facing the Indianapolis Colts. Definitely not a game that anybody would consider like a marquee matchup. Uh, and and the numbers sort of tell that same tale. They were equally matched in total yards. They had about the same run versus pass yardage as well. So the teams sort of mirrored each other, which coming out of last year, that would not be a surprise. But I think the production of these two teams will significantly change as you get into the year. There is still some question marks for that Indianapolis Colts team, what they're going to do with Jonathan Taylor. But I think for the Chicago Bears, they've got all the kinds of weapons that are going to potentially increase the firepower that they have on that offense. That's going to be a really good team to watch. I I don't foresee wanting to watch the Bears versus the Colts during the regular season. But uh, it was a decent game to watch and take some notes on for uh, the preseason week two. Next week, the Bears are facing the Bills. Again, I don't expect to see very many starters. And if they do, it'll be very limited, much like the Justin Fields to DJ Moore drive from week one. 
and then you're probably going to see him hit the bench and watch the rest of the game from the sidelines. It's because you don't want to risk the future of your organization, but also the future of this season by potentially leaving Justin Fields out there to get hurt. Maybe DJ Moore for a drive, but chances are you're probably going to see just another few backups. But again, it does help you with solidifying who's going to be the second and third string for these teams. And that all could be important as the year works on. All right, so uh, getting into the team that I love to dislike, the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, again, they took the L, but so did everyone else. Started the drive with a fumble. My guy Jordan Love. Let me tell you this. So despite the fact that Jordan Love came back and threw a pretty nice pass to Jaden Reed, for a score and he finished with like five of eight on the drive that he was out there we've talked at length about Jordan Love getting his first starting uh, job in Green Bay and I think if there were some stronger candidates at backup quarterback that Jordan Love would probably be looking at a Trey Lance situation where he's falling down on the depth chart on a team where everyone anticipated he'd be the starter but I think because of Clifford and him being a rookie and all of the hype around uh, Jordan Love taking on the reins and the time that he spent behind Aaron Rodgers. I think that's where position that Jordan Love finds himself in, where he is pretty solidly the starting quarterback. I think that's the reason why. I don't think it's because he's uber talented, although in preseason, on the drives that he's been in there, he's just been okay, which okay is good. It's preseason. He's probably not out there showing his full range of talents. Jordan Love was in a position, again, much like Trey Lance, where you've got someone like Brock Purdy and even a Sam Darnold, an experienced veteran who can come in there. Might He might be looking at potentially being traded away himself. Like, even that deep ball shot to Dobbs was, like, super suspect. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just hating, because sometimes I do that on the Green Bay Packers. I just think that uh, whether I like him or not, it doesn't matter. He's going to be the starter for the Green Bay Packers. As far as the rest of week two, you have Malik Heath, a rookie wide receiver out of Mississippi. He's like 6'2", a little over 200 pounds. He caught 5 of 5 for 75 yards. So again, potentially another weapon, someone who's got a little bit of size on him. Uh, Green Bay's defensive line looked good, picking up a few sacks. The game ultimately was ended, though, before it could play completely out because of an injury. And so Green Bay sort of lost by default, but certainly a chance that they could have won that won that game uh, with momentum on their side. But it's over. Week two is done and in the books. And coming up, final week of preseason, Green Bay is going to be facing the Seattle Seahawks. And that game is going to be this Saturday, uh, along with... That Bears game is going to be Saturday. The Lions actually play on Friday. uh, And then the Vikings will follow it up with a game on Saturday as well. I'm hoping that Jordan Love does play an additional drive in week three. So we can get a better picture of what it is that he's actually capable of before week one. But if not, I can't blame him. You definitely don't want to get an injury that jeopardizes the future of this season uh, for preseason week three game. And lastly, the Minnesota Vikings. So... Minnesota did not look very impressive. As a matter of fact, Minnesota looked pretty rough in that game. They had nearly 300 yards put up on them on the ground, just on the ground. You're talking about um, Spears, who had this monster run up the middle. He ends up having uh, seven rushes for 57 yards and a touchdown. Chestnut carved him up quite a bit. 
he had 13 attempts, 98 yards on the ground. And then Malik Willis had 91 yards on the ground. So again, almost 300 yards that the Vikings allowed on the ground. That's not a good sign uh, for a defense that has a new defensive coordinator, has a whole lot of new defensive pieces. I understand it's the backup group, but still, you want to put up a fight in these games. And giving up 300 yards on the ground is not putting up much of a defensive fight up front. Mullins did look pretty good. He was accurate when he was on the move, but overall, he ended up with completing 13 of 23 Uh, 151 yards, but no touchdowns, but that's okay. I think Nick Mullins is pretty solidly the backup there, and I don't plan to see Kirk Cousins in week three. Watching the quarterback uh, series on uh, Netflix, is it Netflix? Yeah, watching the quarterback series on Netflix has me believing that Kirk needs to not play any game that is not 100% necessary because he's getting beat up out there. Like every game, he is sore and bruised, and he is such a good sport about it. You know what? I have made a declaration also, by the way. I didn't tell you guys this in the last episode, but I am now off of calling Kirk Cousins average. He puts in a lot of work, and while the results of his performance may not be exactly what every quarterback wants him to be, dude is putting in a whole lot of work to keep himself as a top player in the league. So while he may be the bar for where I call other individuals either above average or below average, I'm not going to address him as average anymore because he showed me through the quarterback series that he is much more than just an average run-of-the-mill QB. All right, so that's I'm off the tangent with Kirk Cousins, but i am definitely got a lot more respect for him after watching that series. I don't anticipate seeing him in week three of preseason because that would be ridiculous. Uh, The only uh, touchdown that the Vikings got was a Dwayne McBride late score for a touchdown uh, run. They did also give up three sacks, which again, offensive line troubles, clearly defensive line troubles with how many yards they gave up on the ground. The Vikings are 0-2. They're the only team that hasn't won in the NFC North a preseason game. We got one more left, and they are going against the Arizona Cardinals, who you assume are also a mess right now. So there's no reason that the Minnesota Vikings shouldn't be able to pull off a win here. We'll see. We'll see how it works out for the Minnesota Vikings. That's it, guys. We have gave you a recap of week two. Looked ahead to what games we got for week three and who may and may not play. And also just a recap of the performances from your second and third string squads during this preseason. I look forward to you listening to the show. If you stayed this long, I really do appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the thumbs button if you can, or share this with a friend who likes football as well. And if you decide not to, I won't be heartbroken, but please come back next week. We'll talk more football in the NFC North. As always, I'm Detron. Peace. You talking about football? Yeah, but tell NFC North. Now let's talk football.